This is Steve, the cookout coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show, a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, then this is your shot. At getting off in the world of live fire cooking in any form or fashion. There are two ways to get in touch with the show, and this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. It is the first Tuesday of a brand new month. It's November. You know what that means? Most of the month we will be talking about turkey here and there. So every guest that I talk to during at least the first three weeks, possibly bleeding into the fourth week, although I hate to do last-minute stuff. Although, if you are a fan of the show, you know on that fourth Tuesday, I'm always asking, what if you've made the most egregious of Thanksgiving mistakes? It's Tuesday night at 9 o'clock, and you have not taken out your completely frozen turkey yet. How do you get it to frost it? What's the safe way? Can it still be done? Are you going to be the heel of Thanksgiving? We usually get there. But leading into you're a schmuck and how can we save your ass, we will be talking with live fire experts across the board here over this next month, giving you great turkey recipes, tips, tricks, and techniques amongst a whole bunch of other stuff. First up is the first Tuesday of the month regular guest, the creator of HowToBarbecueRight.com and the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team, Malcolm Reed, will be joining us in about 11 minutes from now. 35 past the hour, a longtime sponsor of this show. And when I talked about the lawsuit last week, the Traeger was having filed against them, which was the class action lawsuit of pellet soaking. 2019 let's call it that that's not exactly what it's called at all we will call it that here on this show pellet soaking 2019 a class action lawsuit filed against traeger by a gentleman in utah and we'll get into the finer points of that with chris becker who owns cookingpellets.com which is a premier source 
for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. So we will talk to him about, but and he's indifferent about, he's an expert in this sector of the industry, highly regarded, can talk about pellet production, can talk about different ways to make pellets and flavor pellets and all that other stuff. So he is a source that is going to be coming in 35 past the hour. And he will give us, hey, here are some standard practices within the pellet industry. Here's what we do. Here's how they differ, blah, blah, blah. What's good, what's bad. His opinion, of course, on some things. So Chris Becker coming up 35 past the hour, looking forward to that segment hotly. Then we will move to the second hour where our other first Tuesday of the month regular guest and two months off. So get ready for some strong takes from Sam the Cooking Guy as he ventures back into the Barbecue Central Show junk. Very excited to catch up with Sam on a number of different fronts, not the least of which, and I am totally against adults dressing up for Halloween. Uh, you're not going to see, if Halloween ever fell on a Tuesday night, you would never see me dress up as anything other than just me because I'm not 8 or 10. But Sam likes to press it out a little bit. And the costume that he had, if you haven't seen the most recent video, it is unbelievable to say the least. So we'll talk to him about where the inspiration came from. And I will make him make a comparison and choose a favorite between two of my favorite Halloween costumes that he's dressed up in in the past. One happens to be the most recent one. The other one I'm not going to let out of the bag yet. So that's what you have looking forward here over the next 120 minutes. Malcolm Reed, Chris Becker, first hour. Sam, the cooking guy, second hour. Is that enough for you? No? Then hit me up socially at BBQ Central Show on the Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on the Facebooks. That's how you get with me. There's also a live feed on Facebook if you want to look at that. Well, needless to say... That while all of the interviews last week were top-notch, Craig Barr easily getting the most heat from last week. I got a ton of emails and direct messages telling me how great the interview with Craig was. Many of you thoroughly entertained. Some of you wondering if this was a bit. And a few of you were fairly mean about the whole deal, and that's what I expected. If you've been a fan of this show for any amount of time, you know that the mantra of this show is the following. While this is a barbecue and grilling show, it's not always about barbecue and grilling, hence the Craig Barr interview. And there are plenty of things to react to. Wednesday morning last week, I made a list of items I had thoughts on from the interview I did with Craig. I think I tallied somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 different items. There was a specific point in the interview where the rotational speed and the earth and the orbital speed of the earth were tossed out, seemed pretty eccentric. But my Michigan correspondent, John Solberg, actually did fact-checking Wednesday, and all of the figures were 100% correct, believe it or not. Those 700 and 900 and 1,600 miles an hour or 16,000 miles an hour figures that Craig was throwing out during his interview, 100% correct, verified and fact-checked. There was also a reference to the lawsuit not being about the damage to his car, and he hinted at something bigger coming down the pike. 
Of course, the references to straw man were very interesting. The thing I found most compelling was at the top of the interview when we were talking about his whole movie-making career and all this stuff. When I asked him about the film that he's making, I think it was called First Day on the Job, this stream of consciousness that he slipped into while he was explaining the movie was unreal. It was like he had the 30-second elevator pitch down, but it was really like two minutes. And he went a completely different cadence, didn't miss a beat, no ums, no ahs, totally rehearsed. In, and I mean that in the best way possible. If you miss the interview, go get it in the podcast form immediately after the show is over tonight so you also can be a part of it. I had people DMing me that the embedded correspondents need to hold a special meeting for Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famers immediately for his inclusion. Just that one appearance gets him into the Barbecue Central Show Hall of Fame. I had other people write me and go, cuckoo. Literally, that was the subject body. Cuckoo. And everything in between. There was something for everybody in the interview, especially if you are a fan of Popeye's chicken. By the way, if you were wondering if Mr. Barr got his hands on a chicken sando this past weekend, the answer is yes. Yes. Finally, he was able to jam that chicken sandwich in his pie hole. And as we text messaged, the other day, that would be yesterday. Here were his exact messages back to me. Steve Ray was the one that actually initiated conversation back with Craig. And I quote from Craig Barr, got one Friday night. I think the mayo sucks on it. Thinking they had the nerve trying to compete with Chick-fil-A. Tasted like chicken breast on a bun with mayo. Wasn't impressed. There you go. All of that for wasn't impressed. Get that big stuff out of here. Let me tell you this. For all of you maniacs that are lining up once again for the Popeye's chicken sandwich, if Craig Barr, the guy, the singular human who is trying to take down big chicken currently in 2019, gives me a mayo su- How can mayo suck? If your mayo sucks, that's bad. So if he's giving you a mayo sucks, tastes like chicken breasts on a bun with mayo, that is not giving me any sense of urgency and trying to line up and eat one of your chicken sandwiches. Now, to be fair, I've seen reviews all over the board this time around. Chicken sandwich will save your li- or uh, change your life. Definitely not worth the wait. Totally underhyped. I'm not motivated to get it. If I want the best chicken sandwich on the face of the earth, I'm going to Larder on the west side of Cleveland. Maybe I will go there Thursday and take pictures of my chicken sando. In the meantime, you can head on over to Big Papa Smokers and get everything you need to be a better barbecue and grilling cook. They offer 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. It's going to transform ordinary meals into extraordinary 
They also have a great relationship with Simply Marvelous Barbecue. You put Big Papa and Simply Marvelous together, now you're messing with that West Coast offense deal, and everybody loves that. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're sick of the run-of-the-mill barbecue sauce and you want to try something new, Granny's Barbecue Sauce just might be what you're looking for. It's so delicious. And don't forget, at Big Papa Smokers, aside from all the rubs and all the sauces and all the injections and all of that, they sell cookers. That's right. Check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill if you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use. Big Papa, the exclusive Mac dealer, and they even offer special packages. Nobody else is doing that. If you don't like pellet smokers, fine. How about the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer? And if you're not sure of what grill you need, you can't go wrong with anything featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. If you have any questions, you call them at 877-828-0727 or or you shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. By the way... Big Papa in action this past weekend at Indio, California, taking down Reserve Grand Champion. So getting the Jack Daniels bad taste out of his mouth and right back in his winning ways. Sterling Ball, James the Flame, over there at Big Papa Smokers. All right, Malcolm Reed is coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinade, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All the products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pit master of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. The first Tuesday of the month, bringing a visit from the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue and the creator of HowToBarbecueRight.com, Malcolm Reed, joining us. Hey, Malcolm. How's it going, Greg? Absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time, as always, here for the show, Malcolm. Uh, It looks like you're uh, back in headquarters this month, right? Yeah, I tried to zip up here after football practice, man, so I can get on a decent speed internet. Nice. So uh, let me ask you, I mean, your uh, son is, how old is uh, uh, Michael right now? He's 10 years old. 10 years old. So young guy, football. I mean, uh, I would assume you might have been a football player at some point in your career, Uh, Malcolm. (laughs) 
I played a little bit. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I hung in there till high school, and that's about it for me. All right. So as you've seen all of the uh, evidence and uh, uh, medical stuff come through about concussions and hitting and all this other stuff. I mean, any reservations at all as he starts to, I mean, if he really starts to get good at it, uh, are, are you worried that he might continue and suffer any type of damage or just part and parcel? Uh, you know, that's part of it. I mean, we, our pediatrician tried to keep us from keep, you know, letting him play until he got to be 12 and he's been, all of his little buddies are playing and he's begging and begging. He played flag football and uh, once he got to, you know, they were tackle football, we kind of held him out a year or so, but. This is his first year in full pads, and they're doing a really good job. I mean, I, you know, there's always a risk of injury, um, but but they, you know, they really try to teach them to tackle properly, to to not leave with their head, and it's you know they're they're looking out for the kids. Um, we're not. I mean, this is just rec league football, so I don't think we got to worry about it being you know being the next pro or anything. We're just playing rec league ball, and it's just a lot, really all about them having a good time and having fun at this age. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. HowToBBQRight.com's website, of course. 735,000 YouTube subscribers at last check a couple hours ago, so that continues to grow as well. The uh, run-up to 1 million subscribers, and we'll see how that uh, quickly transpires here over the next few months. So let's talk about, uh, before we get into some turkey stuff, which I definitely want to get into, a 2019 World Food Championships recap because there's a couple different ways that we could look at it. I guess I mean we could talk about the barbecue stuff, but you didn't really go down for barbecue this year. You were on the seafood side, so a bit of a departure for when somebody says Malcolm Reed's name. Typically, you're thinking killer hogs and barbecue of some sort. Why seafood this year? Well, we just wanted to try something different, and Rochelle and I both had so much fun cooking in the kitchen arena environment that we wanted to do it again. Um, was it a good idea? I don't know. <laughs> we, we were about middle of the road. We finished 21 out of about 48 awesome seafood cooks. What, so, was, what were your dishes? Um, well, you had to build one structured dish. That's where everybody got, uh, I think it was three or four dozen raw oysters. You had to do a Southwestern-style char-grilled oyster. Mm. So we did, um, you know, I did a like a challenge uh, southwestern compound butter char grilled the oysters with it um did some shrimp real quick and then kind of marinated them and almost like a pico served that on top and you know garnished it with some uh, little fried tortilla chips that, that we did with flour tortillas and more pico as a garnish and the the oysters turned out really good we thought we were proud of them um you know the judges it, it was a tight it was a tight category man from where we were i think it was like Five points total from first to twenty first. Oh wow, it was it was tight. All right, and then you had a second dish, which I guess would be more of uh, what you would call a signature dish or something that you just wanted to make on your own outside of a structure. That's right. It could be chef's choice. Uh, they called it signature, and I went with um, a version of a New Orleans style barbecue shrimp and cheesy grit. And, uh, you know, it was, it was good. Now, did it, did it hang up there with the chefs that were cooking in that category? I don't know. I didn't get to taste anybody's, but I'm telling you, there were some incredible, uh, seafood dishes and hats off to, you know, um, the round I cooked at Lisa Guatney one, you know, she's oh, a, she's, yeah. she's a barbecue person or state, you know, state champion. She's won the, uh, the whole world food. She's a world food, uh, you know, champion. And she picked the seafood category and, and she did really well. All right, Malcolm, I'm going to ask you a pointed question here uh, because you are connected into the barbecue community. 
And I'm going to be asking Mike McLeod this next week, so don't think that I'm pussying out and just asking you, and I'm not going to ask him. Do you think it's about time that barbecue dies in the World Food Championships, that it's just not something that fits in there anymore, and that the interest is dying very quickly? You know, I, in the in the way they're doing it, I could see it. I mean, there doesn't seem like there is a huge participation of the barbecue teams. Um, most people that are doing that are cooking in that kitchen arena environment. So I can see it transition, you know, the steak and the barbecue into a round where you have to use those elements, but you have to cook just like everybody else in there, in their little, uh, you know, with, with the propane grills they set up and with the kitchen equipment they give you. I can see it doing that. Um, you know, I, I got a chance to walk around and talk to a bunch of people there. The The crowds were okay. It wasn't anything like uh, it was the year before we first went down in Alabama. Um, I know there was a lot going on in Dallas. Um Trump, uh, President Trump was there the night before the, you know, the, the contest go. And, and then they had the world, the, the Texas state fair going on and the Cowboys were playing. So it was, you know, there's, there's Dallas is a big city and I'm, you know, I don't know if they got the public attendance they wanted. It sure didn't seem like it was, you know, really crowded or anything. Uh, Malcolm, I, I know you're a fairly humble guy here, so I, I don't know if, People are widely aware, but you did receive an award from the National Barbecue Association, correct? Yeah, they gave me. I was surprised. It was a barbecue achievement award, um, you know, just for I guess from the business side of things and for what we do with our YouTube channel and for for sharing recipes and helping people out. They they uh, they recognized me, but I felt like you know there should have been some other people up there with me, especially Rochelle. But we couldn't do what we do without people watching. And then I definitely couldn't do what I do without Rochelle. So I was, you know, I, I was shocked to get it. And I, you know, I'm very appreciative of the MBBQA. I support those guys hundred percent. So I'm, I'm thankful. Talk about that just for a second. I mean, we hear Rochelle on the podcast and you are uh, by far probably the, the brand face and, and name of the whole, how to BBQ, right. But I mean, how much of a role is she playing on a day in day out basis in the success of that whole business? Oh, you know, she does. She probably does three times as much work as I do. <laughs> Everything that's out there that, that you know that you can see, she's she's the one capturing it and translating it to to, to the internet. Um, I'm just good at cooking, and I'm you know, and I think I like to think I'm pretty good at teaching people you know the the recipes and and, and how to cook, how to barbecue. Um, but she she really works hard at and in, in making everything work, and you know, especially from our social media side to to the videos we put up on YouTube to the everyday business. You know, we both you know we struggle to to find time to do everything we want to do, and, and our days are full. But um, you know, she helps with administration of the business too, so we're we're busy. Is it ever hard to? Like not get any time outside. I mean, you're you're either at work together or you're at home together. I mean, is that just how you like it, or can it get a little chippy every once in a while? <laughs> well, just like any couple, we have our ups <laughs> and downs. But no, we you know I, I guess first and foremost, we're we're probably best friends too, and it helps to have the kind of relationship we do. I mean, we get along so good together, and uh, you know, of course, there's times I go hunting and I you know I go fishing and I do stuff like that, and she likes to. To, to do stuff too. And I, I don't try to stop her because, you know, we don't get a lot of time alone. So, we, you know, we make the best of it and we do get a little, I guess. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. All right. So let's go ahead and press over to what the month is really about, right? And that's Thanksgiving. And that's a huge eating day in general across the country, but it can be a fairly decent 
size day for us live fire cookers as well. We love to smoke turkeys and grill turkeys and maybe even fry turkey and all that. So let's talk a little bit right off the top. Um, are you more of a frozen turkey in thought or a fresh turkey if you can get? I, you know, Greg, I usually buy what's on sale and they're always, you know, usually froze. Um, I've cooked some fresh ones. I honestly brining it, you know, if you get a good long brine, I don't think you can tell the difference. Um, I have never really compared them, but they run turkeys right now. You start seeing them as low as, you know, 19 cents a pound, 29 mm-hmm. cents a pound. And you can get some great deals on, on some turkeys, and that's usually what I go for, budget-minded. <laughs> yeah, so when you're looking, uh, I think there's keywords for people that are just kind of getting into this whole thing because turkeys and brining kind of go hand-in-hand hand or it's really kind of forced down your throat. I'm not a huge fan of brining myself. I like injecting if I'm going to do it. But even then, if you got to look for these uh, key items or key words on the label, they're called self-basting. Or injected with X amount of uh, salt solution. That means that that turkey is uh, already pumped up with stuff, right? Most most of them are. It's, I mean, you have to really search for one that's not. That's. I think it's because turkey has such a neutral flavor anyway. They're trying to get more weight on it one, so that so it, so they can charge you more. And they're trying to make it to where the average person can cook it and it tastes decent and not just be bland. So they're trying to help you out. Now, like you said, most of it's just a salt water solution. That's that's all they're doing. So they're kind of shooting it up full of stuff, you know, for the most part. But a lot of our pork, I mean, a lot of the food we buy, you don't realize it, but it, it, a lot of it's prepackaged with so much solution, you know, sodium solution in it. Do you have a preferred size of turkey? I like to cook the young turkeys, man. I try to keep them between 12 and 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. I think they the, the reason being – they cook about the same rate. You don't have that problem where your breast is going to dry out before your dark meat gets done. Um, you know, if, if you want to cook more, you know, there's people out there who cook these 20 plus pound birds and they're great for feeding a large crowd, but I'd rather cook two or three smaller ones. I can get them all done in three hours and, you know, the meat's excellent on them and just, uh, hey, young meat tastes better. Yeah, oof, that sounds weird. Um, I mean, uh, the twenty the twenty pound turkeys. That's right. I love the young meat. Um, the twenty pound turkeys look in- incredible, but uh, as you said, I think there's a, a vast uh, or there's a, a very large error window that you don't want to be messing around, especially turkey. Because I don't know. You, I think you actually mentioned it in this most recent podcast, or maybe it was uh, two podcasts ago, because there was uh, a week off that you had. Where you said, "Hey, I don't. This was this is my biggest bitch every November. I'm a huge fan of turkey. Do you know when I eat turkey for Thanksgiving? Because I never think about it. I don't. It's not like in your face. Otherwise, it's not crammed down your throat. I mean, even at Thanksgiving, like right now, you don't see a lot of. Make sure you go buy your turkey for Thanksgiving. There's not a lot of commercialism that goes along with Thanksgiving. And I think turkey is something that should be celebrated uh, well outside of Thanksgiving. And I know you kind of feel the same." Well, yeah, and the big thing is you can't find it. It's hard to find whole turkeys, uh, you know, any other time than Thanksgiving. I, I mean, maybe it's because they take up so much room in the supermarket. I don't know. They don't have the space for them. But now I know they dedicate, you know, huge coolers to these turkeys they're bringing in. Um, I I try to cook turkey throughout the year sometimes when I think about it. Most of the time that ends up being a turkey breast. You know, you don't, you don't see the whole ones a lot. Are you a fan of spatchcocking turkey? Uh, if I'm wanting to cook it fast, yeah. Uh, last year, I actually did a, a video on it, and it works great. 
Um, if, if you're limited on space, I'm all for spatchcocking. If you're limited on time, do I think it cooks a better turkey? I don't know. I mean, I, I like to keep them whole as possible, and I tie them up to whether a tight bundle as possible. That way everything's cooking even and it's keeping all that moisture, all that all that flavor you worked hard with your injections and your brines and everything. It's keeping it in there. When you bust that backbone out and open it up, you're just letting it run out. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, maybe it was even longer than a couple because I always live in the two to three year time frame. There was a, a big run of taking the turkey breast up and then flipping it over. Uh, a lot of people were actually putting it on ice for, let's say, 30 minutes or an hour to really chill that breast down to kind of make sure everything's cooking at the same time. Do you ever cook uh, an upside down turkey in a chilled breast turkey? <laughs> well, I've never cooked I've never cooked them upside down. I know what you're talking about. That's kind of the way grandmas used to do it in the roasted pan. They would start them out, you know, breast down to get them cooking on bottom, flipping over and baste them with the butter. But what I what we do and I only do it on the large ones when that breast is getting ahead um, is I put the like the freezer packs you buy meat with when they ship it to you get those frozen and set them right up on the breast. It's going to slow that breast down and let the dark meat get a jump. Hmm. And then, you know, once you get, get your dark meat up, you can take those off and the white meat will catch up really fast. We do that with whole hogs too. We'll take bags of ice and put it there on the loins to slow them down. Hmm. So you can do an ice pack. You can do, you know, whatever you want like that. It's a Ziploc bag full of ice on top of it. Um, it it'll keep it cool. Carryover cooking wise, what do you pull the turkey at in order to achieve the right temperature so you're not drying out? But usually I'm taking it, you know, right after it gets to 160, I'm watching it, and I'm just making sure when I'm checking that it's not, uh, the, it's clear liquid coming out. You're not seeing any pink tinge at all. That lets me know it's done. Uh, I like to get it before it gets to 165 in the breast or 175 in the dark, you know, 160 to 163, and then let it carry over at about 167. It's perfect. But, um, you know, I'm always pretty safe about the, uh, those temps because the last thing you want to do is get somebody sick. No, but that'll be the Thanksgiving everybody remembers, right? No doubt about it. The year that Malcolm got everybody sick. I mean, I can't believe that guy. Uh, are you a fried turkey guy? Will you do that or not so much? We used to fry a lot of them. That was my dad's thing. Um, before I really started getting into to, to smoking them and, and, and putting them up against a fried turkey and people not touching the fried one. But So it's been a long time. But I tell you, the, have you had the, the smoke fried? Those are really good if you like. If you're a fan of crispy skin, you start it out on the smoker and then you finish it up in the hot peanut oil and it crisps everything up. Um, you know they're really good. And is there a prevalent smoke flavor? I mean, I get that you're starting it that way, but I mean, for for me and my mind, once you get it into the oil, everything just kind of goes away. I mean, you get some, but you know, to me. I don't, I don't, I don't hit my turkeys with a lot of smoke. I don't want it to taste like, you know, like it's a long smoke, heavily wooded piece of meat. I mean, that's not what I'm going for. Really, the smoke's just a light accent, but it's really about the the good the good heat environment that's cooking it. And it does pick up some smoke flavor, but a lot of times I'm cooking mine on pellet grills, and you know it's faint anyway. So I mean, it's it's not like I'm doing a a, a hickory smoked turkey. Mm-hmm. Is that what cooker you're basically using then? Is it mostly pellet cookers for you, or will you do like, do you have a CTO or something like that, or Jambo? If I'm cooking a lot of them, I'll load my CTO up. I haven't cooked a turkey on the Jambo yet. Uh, that's that's a recipe that I have actually on my list to do is that Texas-style turkey. You know, that's one place you can get turkey year-round yep. at the Texas barbecue joints. Mm-hmm. It's on every one of them's menu, and it's usually pretty good. It's always turkey breast. They're not cooking whole birds, but... 
But uh, I've got that on my to-do list on the Jambo. When are we going to see turkey videos on how to barbecue right? Well, I've got two coming up before Thanksgiving. I've got um, – I'm doing – I've been hounded and hounded about doing a stuffing inside of turkey. So I came up with uh, – <laughs> I did a sausage and herb stuffed turkey. And it's really good, believe me. And I'm not – this is not traditional for us in the South at all. You know, we, we, we eat dressing. We don't eat stuffing for one, and we never eat it inside the turkey. It's always <laughs> casserole dish. But, but I did it, and uh, I'm going to release a video on it uh, next week. And it turned out really, really good. I filmed it actually today. When, it, when you were shooting me text yeah. earlier, I was outside, and so that's why I was slow to respond. But I also did a Cajun turkey club. I did a, a, a turkey breast. Like one of the, have you seen the ones that are jet netted? It's like a turkey breast roast boneless. Yes. It was Cajun season. I did a spicy brown sugar bacon, and I did a like a triple decker club sandwich. Hmm. And so that one's one. You can do the breast and slice it, or you can use your leftover turkey to make this club sandwich. And it's you need to try it. Is eating Thanksgiving dinner the best, or is having all of the leftover Thanksgiving stuff to make whatever you want with the days after better? You know, Thanksgiving, I, I, I'm going to say this, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because it's all around cooking and eating, all the nice. things I love to do. Football. So we we don't just have one Thanksgiving meal. We're bouncing from family to friends to our house. It's a, it's a you know, we're, we're starting actually the weekend before wow. and it's going to carry on all week. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate some deer camp cooking in there too. So, you know, leftovers are great. I love them. I love making gumbos and turkey sandwiches and, and all that stuff with the leftovers. But, you know, to me, it doesn't get any better at Thanksgiving, Greg. All right, you heard it here first. Malcolm Reed says his favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, so we will make sure we mark that down. And he's got two turkey recipes coming up here over the next few weeks here as we lead into the big holiday, and you can find Malcolm Reed right here on the first Tuesday of each and every month. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, Greg, appreciate it, man. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you next month. You too, my friend. There he is, Malcolm Reed. I bet next time we talk about favorite Christmas gifts because at that point we'll be leading into the gift holiday season, believe it or not. How about that? Wow. And look, I mean, Malcolm Reed is becoming the consummate segment professional. Didn't have to pause the time. Didn't have to fill a bunch of extra time. All good content. Right down. Got out about 15 seconds. Let me wrap it up. And now we have the music. Perfect. That guy's real good. Real good. Oh, do I want to do this? No. All right. We just flip-flopped a little bit with Chris Becker, so we will have him on a better connection. Thought it was going to be phone coming up, but indeed it will be Skype. So looking forward to that. He's lined up. That was Malcolm Reed, his information to contact, howtobbqright.com. That's the main website. You can go to YouTube and search How to BBQ Right. You will find him there. Again, 735,000 subscribers. And you can find him all over social media at the same at howtobbqright, all one word. We're going to talk pellets and lawsuits and barbecue, and maybe some turkey talk with CB as well. Cooking pellets coming up. Stick around. Be right back.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank Malcolm Reed for joining me in the last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. And, of course, that read happens to dovetail ever so nicely with my second guest this evening, longtime sponsor of this show. And if you have any kind of pellet cooker out there, then it's the place you should be buying your pellet fuel from. I am, of course, talking about friend of show, Chris Becker from Cooking Pellets. Hey, Chris. From, I'm of course, Uh-oh. talking about friend of show. Chris, Chris, turn off the uh, turn off the other window you have open. Chris, turn hey, off. How you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn off the other window. Sorry. Are we good? We Sorry. Good? We good? So now, here we go. You can't hear me. I have screwed this up on my side. Dear. Hold on one second. All right. I apologize, Greg. We there now? My audio is off on my side. All right, let me uh, let me call oh, you back. If uh, I don't know why my audio is off, I'm going to call you back. I mean, you can't have other windows open, right? I'm going to save it. Practicing my new mantra. Not going nuts for no reason. I'm just going to rein it in. We'll call back. Hopefully everything's synced up and we're ready to go. I can use the phone. Other CB. CB. Sorry. All right. I am completely off. We'll do the phone. You can use the phone. All right. Sorry. We'll phone. No problem. No problem. <laughs> it's fine. Sometimes you have to go to the phone. Sometimes you have to go to the phone. Right? Go to Chris Becker's cell phone. And luckily, I had that keyed in. And look at this. Luckily, I had this all ready to go, too. Wow. So good. Oh, dear. Well, that's just so embarrassing. That's all right. We got you going. As long as we get Sorry about that, folks. Long as we Sorry, get, Greg. As long as we get there, that's yeah. all that matters. And here we are with Chris Becker from yeah, here we are. Com. Here we go. All right. So before we get into like some legal stuff, CB, what's new at CookingPellets.com? Uh, you know, we're just uh, up to our elbows in wood. Yeah, actual wood. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're just busy. You know, it's it's that season for us that. Uh, uh, it was, it slows down a little bit, September, October, uh, more just about a month, uh, before it kind of wraps, ramps back up again. And, uh, we we're on the ramp back up and it's strong and hard. It takes a lot of quick, hard and long production to get stock for the, uh, for the incoming season of 2020, which I almost hate to say. Now, are I mean, do you do heating pellets as well? They're obviously two different monsters, no. but you don't do any heating pellets. No, this no, is all no. food-grade pellets. Yeah, that's wow. all we do. We only do pellets for barbecue wow. grills, wow. pellet grills. Nice. 
that's 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 all cooking pellets has ever done. We do not sell heating pellets at all. All right. Uh, do you have any update on the cooking pellets app? Last time we talked about it, you had taken it down and it was uh, under revisions. Yeah. So every time we're like, we keep on getting newer, better ideas. So <laughs> it's like we want to do it once. We don't want, no. Yes and no. The, the short of it is, it's not any closer, but only because we're getting cooler stuff into it that mm-hmm. we're trying to get working. So um, nobody's really missing anything. It's not like we're offering anything different that we you couldn't get, find in other avenues. But uh, once it gets up, we're hoping it, it, it to be more utilizable by other people. It, it, it's something that people can actually use and not just look at stuff with. So we're, we're trying to make it a functional kind of interesting app and that's about as far as i can get into it because we're still in testing yeah so uh, chris let me ask you a question is is in regards to this time of the year so uh you know at least where i'm at and i know where you're at the weather is going to start changing it's going to get cold for the next handful of months do you see a difference in flavor of pellets that are more popular this time of year than you would find during any other time of the year or no you know that's a great question uh i gotta tell you and, uh, you know, my hat's off to Malcolm because he's, he's doing an awesome job of what he does, yep. but because you guys touched on the Turkey thing, yep. uh, I'll tell you that, uh, people at this time of year, we start getting and have been getting, uh, constant emails, Facebook calls, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. And they're like, okay, what pellets should I use for my Turkey this year? And it's like, you know, we, we always tell everybody are you looking for something heavily smoked? Then, you know, use something that's going to give you a heavier smoke base. I mean, it's kind of common sense, but for us, uh, yeah, we answer. It, it does change a little bit, but it's not like there's a cut off of one and a start of another. It's just, you know, people, more people come out of the woodwork. Really, that's what happens. It, it really doesn't change much. We're just more informational based at this point. Um, and really, there isn't a lot difference in change because, if you're trying to smoke a turkey, skin gets smoked, not the meat, unless you unless you spatchcock it, then you get some smoke into it. You know, it's it's no different than doing a, a chicken with skin on it. You don't get a lot of smoke in that chicken meat. So, do you have a favorite way to do turkey while we're kind of touching on it? Uh, actually, I like turducken. You know, a lot of people say that's not Thanksgiving, but I I my butcher, I'm I'm lucky enough to have a guy that gets fresh turkey, uh, debones. Uh, I, I don't have the time or wherewithal here. I mean, I, I probably could do it. I just never have the time. It's that's always the case, but, uh, I got a guy gives me a fresh turkey and turns it into a turducken for me. Hmm. And that's, that's what we've had for the last quite a few years. But I, I will touch on that, that Julie, my wife, uh, she actually does turkey at least three times a year over and above thanksgiving nice. and usually that famous turkey breast but which is awesome hmm. well at least one of us is yeah. having turkey more than you know one time a year unless it's at a barbecue restaurant that serves <laughs> turkey and then you think about it so, but, so sorry the next yeah. time you're i'll give you a call let's you know when yeah please uh all right uh, so chris becker joining me here on the show cookingpellets.com is the website of course longtime sponsor of this show let's talk uh, a little law if you will and i'm not going to ask you to play lawyer but you are the pellet go-to expert as far as I'm concerned, because this is your business, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm calling yeah, it the yeah, pellet yeah. fiasco of 2019. However, 
I would say if you actually do any due diligence, I mean, this tracks back any number of years. But let me set it up properly. Traeger getting sued class action style because of their pellets. The case was filed, I think, last week in Utah by a gentleman by the name of Michael Yates. And as I'm reading through the documents, this is a backyard guy who, under this claim, thought he was using 100% specie wood as called out on the package, for instance, uh, and for this example specifically, hickory and or mesquite. And let me read you a little bit of this actual filing. I don't know if you uh, bothered reading any of it. So it says it's oh, yeah. The yeah, cons- for the listeners, and the, the consumer class action concerns yeah. deceptive and unfair business practices by Defendant Traeger Pellet Grills, LLC, and the advertisement and sale of its wood pellets for pellet grills is set forth below defendant wrongfully and unfairly deceived the public and its customers by misrepresenting that its wood pellets comprise one type of wood, when in fact the pellets comprise of a different type of less expensive wood containing flavored oils to masquerade as more expensive sought-after grilling woods. A little further down in the document, thus defendant's hickory wood Pellets do not contain hickory wood. Instead, defendant adds a hickory-flavored oil to a less expensive wood to give a hickory barbecue wood pellet a hickory flavor, resulting in a weaker, less robust hickory flavor in cooked foods. And the same thing was mentioned about its mesquite wood. So that is uh, part and parcel of uh, what was pages and pages of this class action lawsuit that I read actually every word, and I don't read for anything, but that was kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, lawyers really do earn their money, or, and, and the writing that they come up with is fascinating. So, number of questions yeah. on this. Do you know if Traeger makes their own pellets, or do they contract through third party? Uh, as, as my knowledge goes, it's been both. Uh, they did buy Pacific Pellets last year. Uh, they bought Bear Mountain. Um and they, they, as far as I know, they are producing now most of their own pellets. Now, when you say they uh, bought, you mean they acquired these pellet-making companies? Acquired. Or they were, okay, they yep. were acquired. Right. Yeah, acquired. And it's really neither here nor there, because if you're a guy making pellets and somebody steps up and goes, hey, this is what I want, you'll go, oh, okay, because it's just another product out the door for them. Mm-hmm. So, um Either way, though, you know, who's at fault? Well, the one that writes or hearing doesn't write what is in the bag. So, you know, that's that's always that's always been the cause for us of why we got into business. Um, because what what we've seen happen is just a matter of time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's if I tell customers all the time and people that may not know our company as well, if other companies made great pellets, we wouldn't be in business. <laughs> right. Uh, in, in, your so, opi- in your opinion, Chris, do you think that Traeger is doing something deceptive or unfair as the suit alleges? Um, you know, I have to be very careful with that choice of words. Uh, I will say that... Uh, I don't think it's correct uh, if they're found guilty of what the class action is, then obviously it's going to come out in the mud, uh, clarify much muddiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they do have a patent 
for adding flavored oils to basewoods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so therein lays part of that, uh, I would say, a good stand against them because they're utilizing their own patent to uh, flavor lesser woods to create a different flavor. So, um, and, and they're not calling out on the bag. So, you know, the, the last thing everybody in this industry has gone up against is our, the California Prop 65 stuff. Um, you know, because anything you touch has, you know, you touch chicken egg, it's a Prop 65 has to have a disclaimer on it. And anything out there now has a Prop 65 disclaimer from California. But the, the point is that you, you need to be honest and fair in your business. And if you're not, then either get out of the business or be honest and fair. So, you know, they, they, they are, they're backed by big bunny. There's no doubt. Um, whether they're doing something wrong or not, it doesn't seem right to me personally. Uh, and on a business aspect, uh, I know what we do and what we call out and have no problem with, with what we do. Um, as far as what they're doing, you know, we'll see how it washes out, but, uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to be good for them. Chris, if you spent money on these patents and patents aren't cheap, I mean, let's be honest, oil soaking no. pellets, for instance, would you not be, if you spent this money, would you not be screaming from the rooftops that this is really the best way to make pellets? And here's why, and this is why we'll continue to do it, and we have these patents, and uh, damn it, we love the way we make these pellets, and you should buy them. I mean, shouldn't you be doing that if that's what you've done? Instead of, otherwise, it seems well, a little, you know, it seems like you're hiding something. You, you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, Craig, I'm saying, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that I, 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 you would think if it makes something better, you would do that. Is it so, fair? Is it uh, fair to and, say? And in that, yep. In that case, why aren't they right? And they haven't been for years, by the way. When uh, there was a different marketing exactly. and sales guy, I had asked him poignantly on the show, and he had no answers at that point when he was still with Traeger. Uh, do you? Th- I mean, can you? Is it an easy summation to think that if they're making pellets this way? they are able to gain more margin because it's just a less expensive pellet or is there really not much cost difference between making a true hickory in two pellet? words yes. in two words in two words yes. hell yes hell yes they're making the cheapest thing they can and and their margins are through the roof hmm. so i i know what it costs me you know our you know our our pellets are not uh, you know we're not in walmart through our want you know, we've we've had Walmart at shows. We've seen you at shows, and in those same shows, you know, our our industry shows, uh, we've actually told Walmart, no, we're not a low price leader because that's not what we're trying to get to. And it's not that I'm trying to make more money; it's that I can't be a low price leader because I'll go out of business. Right? Because it's expensive to do it the right way, cut and dry. So. Take it for what you will and, and why they're doing it, why the way they're doing it, or why somebody has said that they're doing it a different way. Do, do you, th- I'm not trying to put you in a weird spot here, but are there no. other manufacturers that are out there doing something similar to this that you know of? 
or, or is Traeger the only one? Uh, no, I I think I think there's other manufacturers that are not marking correctly. Um, I, I I won't name them, but mm-hmm. um, you know, not all, all. All I can say is not all pellets are created equal. Of course, I'm not going to come on and say we make crappy pellets. Of course, because <laughs> we don't. But um, you know, not all pellets are created equal, and if people are out there buying a certain pellet and hunker down and try a better pellet. Uh, and we're not the only one that makes good pellets. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other brands out there. I'll be the first to tell you, sure. but, uh, for the most part, the larger brands that are out there, uh, I'm not saying they're adding oils in it, but they are, you know, it's either, it's either they're not adding oils or they use base woods. That's been known for years. So it used to be that somebody would put a name on a bag but really in that bag is only 15% of what's in there. And the rest is what we call a filler, which is oak or alder. I'm not saying oak is bad to smoke with, right? but when you turn an oak wood into a pellet or an alder into a pellet, it makes up a little bit different base of, it's not a chemical difference, but it's a difference of how that burns. So a stick burner will make a nice oak finish, but when it turns into a pellet, it turns more into a fuel. Hmm. So you get a lot less flavor out of it. All right, so those are put in and, for heat, and then your smaller percentages for flavor. Uh, yes, and they're also put in because they're gobs of it in the areas that they hmm. have their plants, like up in Oregon. That's full. That's an alder area. Down south is full of oak, and that's be- that's what those species are used for for filler because they're easily, they're readily available. And it's, it's, it's just cheaper wood because it's easier to come by and get. So if everybody said the percentages that were on the bag, or at least called out everything in the bag and we, and we do, we call out everything in the bag. If everybody called out everything that was in their bag, I think most people would be surprised. Uh, uh, so f- if, because you sell some hundred percent, you know, this or that wood. I think hickory yep. you have, and yep. you have some other ones. And that's a hundred percent. And our right? black cherry, yeah. hundred percent. Yep. hundred percent. So, other flavors, what's your percentage makeup of a base and or a, a, a flavor? So our, our perfect mix is hickory-based with cherry, hard maple, and apple. And I can't give you percentages. And not that I'm skating my own issue, but mm-hmm. that's kind of our secret recipe of sure. why it tastes so good. Right. But I will tell you it's hickory-based with cherry, hard maple, and apple. And I have to signify that and verify it when I ship it out of the country. Because if it gets tested and that's not it, I have containers sitting on shores costing me lots of money. Yeah, right. So, And I never have that worry. And we ship out containers all over the world. So that our apple mash does not have actual apple in it, uh, apple wood. That's actually apple from uh, making cider. It's actual fruit pulp, <laughs> and that gets mixed in with a hard maple, and that's what's in that. And other than that, we have our 100% black cherry and then our 100% hickory. Do you think that after all this is said and done from the Traeger class action, there might be some kind of a standards put in place where people will be required to call out what's exactly in their bags, or is that just pie the eye thinking? I, I would hope it would come to that. I would I would love to see that. I I cherish that day. 
because that's where it will split mm. where people are making less than decent pellets versus better pellets right. or more flavorful. So I, I would hope that day would come. Now, it, here's, here's the unfortunate thing. It's not really, the pellets aren't being ingested. So there's, there's this line here that, uh, you know, how deep is the government really going to get into control? I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. Just like you don't have the list of ingredients in your propane that's in the tank that fuels your gas grill. <laughs> and trust me, there's more than propane in there. Oh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, one one April Fool's Day, I think we had half of the country convinced that uh, Kingsford was bringing hickory infused liquid propane to the market. It was one of the best yeah. April Fool's Day <laughs> things ever ever executed in live fire. Uh, we're talking with Chris yeah. Becker, and he's from CookingPellets dot com, breaking it all down for us as far as pellets are concerned here, uh, especially as it relates to the Traeger class action lawsuit. Chris, always appreciate the time and especially the insight this time around and the continued support of the show, and let's do it again soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, as always, uh, appreciate the support, and uh, we're here for you, and great show as always, pal. All right. Thanks, my friend. There he is. Yep. Have a good one. Chris Becker coming through strong after early Skype issues. But, yeah, that's uh, kind of the conversation I thought we were going to have, to be honest. you got a guy that is going out of his way to tell you what's in his bag and then knows that there are other people out there, as he put it, hell yes, they're trying to make the cheapest product possible and make cash. It's profit. You know, in most cases, and I'm the first guy to sit here and tell you that profit is not a dirty word, right? But where does quality and profit start to diverge? Cookinpellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, cookinpellets.com. Do you have a pellet cooker? Check them out. Let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru before we wrap up the first hour. Always believing that outdoor cooking should be fun and easy because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. BBQGuru.com. That's BBQGURU.com. Or call 800-288-GURU. We're back right after this to wrap up the first hour. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. And quickly wrapping up here in the first hour, that was Chris Becker last segment. I had mentioned that there was the class action lawsuit on Traeger Pellets last week with Derek Riches when he was on. And figured we'd pull in resident pellet expert. Who knows exactly what's going on. Very careful not to get himself in trouble on speculation or saying what he thinks or doesn't think about what's going on with competitors. 
But again, if you're looking for a great pellet to fire your pellet cooker or you want to try something new, cookingpellets.com. Support a sponsor of the show. Come on. We are pointing to the second hour, and it's going to be big. Stick around. We'll be right back.